Hi everyone, I'm Allie Stone and this is Discovering Hospitality. Now I've been in the hospitality industry for over 20 years. Serving in all capacities, I started out as a server to present day where I'm part owner of a multi-unit franchise in Northern Alberta called Original Joe's. My journey continues to the Inspired Leader, which I founded in 2020. Through this, I help leaders from all industries create meaningful careers. And I do this through the education I received from my many years as a senior level leader in hospitality. I truly believe if we could bring more hospitality to more industry around the world, it would be a better place. Of course, hospitality has given me a life rich with adventure, connection, let's not forget humor, and of course the challenges which I believe can be unique to the hospitality industry. So this podcast, it was created to highlight the incredible moments that exist in our industry. Behind the day-to-day -day of hospitality lies millions of stories, serving as evidence that this is one of the most complex, challenging, and ultimately fulfilling industries on the planet. And when you peek beneath the surface, it's revealed that this industry, despite those challenges, offers a unique glimpse into creativity, beauty, and ultimately the strength it takes to bring it all to life each and every day. So it's my purpose with this podcast to share the celebration of humanity that exists in hospitality. I want to share how this industry is one of the most incredible industries in the world and how hospitality creates a place for the world to become more connected and ultimately to become more beautiful. Thank you for joining me on this week's podcast and I truly hope you enjoy it. Okay, welcome everybody to another week of Discovering Hospitality. I, of course, am your host, Allie Stone, and as always, I am super excited to be here. Um, as I was mentioning on my last podcast, there's been a little bit of a break, and um, it was interesting because I did a whole bunch of podcasts before I went on holidays and tried to get all ahead of things, and then came back to regular life. <laughs> And then it all fell apart. So, you know, I did really good off the hop and then, you know, these things happen. So I apologize if you've been waiting for podcasts. I have some uh, interesting news, maybe good, maybe bad, <laughs> depending on who's listening, but I've decided to take uh, Discovering Hospitality to a hundred episodes and then I am going to stop producing them. So this has been an incredible adventure and I'm super, I've been super honored for the journey. Um, but I am transitioning out of the restaurants at the end of the year, and it just feels like the appropriate time to start transitioning these conversations. So with that being said, <laughs> the final conversations, I'm sure, are going to be very beautiful and impactful. I have a second time guest back today, Jordi Saber. And last time he was on, he was one of the people who trusted me way back in the beginning <laughs> of the podcast. And we had such a great conversation. And I actually, it was very intentional that I wanted to have Jordy back. Well, two reasons. Number one, because I love this guy. He's amazing. If you ever get the opportunity to meet Jordy, do it. And the second is that he has been through an incredible amount of growth and change as a leader and through the hospitality industry since we last talked. And I just thought... There's so much for us to talk about. So, Jordy, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate those kinds of words for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I'm, I don't know. I'm super geeked up to have you back here. I don't, I was bugging you a little bit about it, but I was like, it's, it's wild to see um, the evolution of your career and the evolution of everything that kind of you've been through how long, maybe about a year and a half, half since our podcast, maybe not even right. Um, August of 2020. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty wild. So we'll get into that today, but why don't we start off if, if the listeners haven't listened to your first podcast, can you just introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you, how you know me, how you're stuck with me, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So um, obviously I'm Jordy. Um, yeah. I started, uh, you know, my first, really my first and only industry job has been original Joe's. Um, and, I've, and I've been, you know, I've had the pleasure of bouncing, um, you know, around different franchise groups um, and, and between both brands. Um, and then ultimately right before the pandemic, uh, yeah, I had the opportunity uh, the, or the opportunity presented itself to me to uh, take on uh, the store open for Beaumont right before the pandemic. Uh, and then the pandemic hit uh, and then lots was left up to question, but we ultimately decided it was still a go to open Beaumont. And yeah, um, I've also uh, so I, you know, I was, I had the pleasure of doing that. And then, uh, you know, about five or six months ago, um, I was also presented with the opportunity to transition out of Beaumont uh, and into Terwilliger. Um So yeah, that's been super exciting. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. And um, Terwilliger, for those listening who don't know, Terwilliger is one of the flagship locations for Original Joe's. So it's an amazing location. And so Jordy has seen this progression uh, in his career that has been just really exciting and really thrilling, really thrilling to watch. So um, I kind of want to start a little bit with culture today because uh, you went and you opened the Beaumont store. Now you opened a brand new restaurant in the middle of a pandemic. Like I literally went to your soft open <laughs> and you had to shut it down the next day. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit because I know like in conversations I'm having with other leaders in hospitality and also with like just other leaders in general they're finding that there is a lot there's a big challenge rebuilding or reconnecting culture right now and you had to build a culture in no connection so I'm wondering if you can tell me first of all like what was that like for you because I know that was super your focus right was to build this awesome team and create this connection what was that like for you when you hired this team you got it all open and then you had to shut it down like how are you navigating that time yeah i mean i'm not gonna lie to you it was <laughs> it was hard uh yeah and yeah. you know for the record we didn't just open and then closed we opened and then closed and then opened and then closed and then opened and then closed like it happened kind of three times back to back and uh yeah um th there was no like how to on this right i think the uh yeah like you said some some things that you know you know typically would go on in a store open pre-covid you know you, you know you finish a long day of working 12 hours with new people and you have the chance to you know maybe have a few extra drinks at the bar with with people and connect with people um but that just wasn't happening right so a lot of those easy you know a lot of the ways that we you know pre-covid were able to, to to sit down and connect with your with your team on a different level just yeah, wasn't the way we were, um, you know, allowed to go about it, right? With 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 restrictions and, um, you know, and vaccinated versus unvaccinated, et cetera, You know, so there was lots of hurdles we had to kind of um, face that way. 
Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, I don't think I don't think there was a right way. I don't think I necessarily did it the right way at all times. But I think uh, yeah, we we just followed we followed our hearts in that sense, right? I think we just we we knew what the outcome needed to be, which was that we needed to like have a team of people that like at bare minimum liked each other, <laughs> right? <And we> started, <laughs> You'd I, hope so. Yeah, and yeah. We, we strive for more, obviously, right? But I think this the struggle that we navigated was how do you do that when uh, like, how do you build that trust? How do you build those relationships when, um, yeah, you're opening and closing. Um, and then, you know, simultaneously, you're having to build the foundation of what a restaurant looks like too, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not really sure if I'm able to quite describe everything that we did or didn't do. Um, I think there was some things that kind of helped, right? I think, uh, you know, when we look at our full bellies program, um, I think that was, that was a huge piece. Um, that that allowed us to connect with with uh with our with our team um, and what was full bellies just for reference yeah. can you explain it uh full bellies was just this program where we felt um that uh it was you know during these this financial i guess crisis a lot of our teams were going through with not being able to work we uh we felt um you know as an organization it was more important for us to try uh you know yeah to take care of our teams the best way we knew how, which was through food. Um, so we were able to, uh, yeah, provide freezer meals and, and, and staff meals on a weekly basis um, and, and give those out to our team. And what kind of transpired through that was, yeah, well, what was important to us, I guess, was that like, we didn't want our teams to feel like they had to decide between, you know, buying a birthday present for their daughter or for um, their mom and dad for Mother's Day or et cetera, et cetera, um, and had to weigh out doing that versus putting food on the table. So we were able to, uh, yeah, lift that burden, I guess, of, um, yeah, or the stress of needing to put food on the table so that they could prioritize even, you know, things like self-care, right? Like if you wanted to go and get your nails done, if you wanted to go and get that haircut or go for that massage, um, at least it wasn't food, <laughs> you know, the basic necessity of food keeping keeping you away from that. So um, yeah, every week we, we would post a menu um, and uh, yeah, the team got to just write in and respond uh, and and request however many meals they wanted and, and we would execute that. And every week we prioritize making sure that our, our team was fed. So yeah, it was super cool. Oh, I love that. I think there was... Um... Like, just as you said it there and it's so funny it's so funny it's not funny but we're we're moving further and further out right of the what i would call the intenseness of what the pandemic was and you start to almost get like pandemic amnesia <laughs> like you kind of forget how shitty it was and as soon as you said vaccinated versus unvaccinated i was like oh my gosh i totally like i haven't thought about that for a little while and that separation that was created and the decisions that were forced upon not just like us but like all business owners and um something like full bellies was able to kind of circumvent some of that feeling right because i mean we nobody everybody in this world just wants to belong somewhere right if we can like that's our goal and so then you start saying, well, you have a vaccination and now you don't. And so you can come here, but you can't, or you can, you know what I mean? It starts to create all of this separation and all of the things we've worked so hard to like bring together in the hospitality industry. And so I think that that's like a really beautiful example of how 
you know, even just like you said, just kind of putting our hearts to it, you can come up with, with an idea that not only feeds them, like you're talking about this basic need, but I see so much more than that because it shows them that you care. (laughs) It shows them that they're welcome to come in. It shows them that, you know, the food was made with love and care and all of those things too. And so I think that that's really impactful. Correct. And then I think also what, like what was really beautiful out of that too, was that like, what was really highlighted was like the, you know, the need for, you know, these, these team members to come in and actually just like, it was part of their, you know, it was maybe their one and only social interaction for the week too, right? Like they, you know, they were in isolation or, you know, they were stuck at home and everything was closed and they got to come in and, you know, there was days where, you know, I was a little swamped and, you know, with work, but uh, yeah, they would stick around for an extra 20, 30, 40 minutes, you know, to, to talk while they pick up their food. And it just showed that there was just this like huge need for the, you know, that, that, that connection. And that was the, that was the coolest part out of it, right. Is it wasn't just about coming and picking up the food. It was coming in like, yeah, talking <laughs> right about life. Um, and I think that was the most impactful thing that came out of that in that specific time. Right. I think, you know, you know, the, the, the mental illness impact that the pandemic has had, I think that was able, you know, we were able to, tr- you know, navigate that a little bit differently, um, you know, through the ability, you know, through offering food. So it was, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. And so, I mean, at this point in time, I would say that Beaumont has an excellent team culture. I mean, there's always things that we can work on for sure, but I would say it's excellent. I think the team in there, uh, they seem very connected. The general manager, Callie, who is taking over for you, uh, is amazing, right? And she loves people so much. What do you think brought you to that place? So what, what do you think it was, or what are some of the maybe defining moments for you that brought you to this place of this like incredibly connected and beautiful culture in Beaumont? I think that like, you know, in lots of different ways, we were, we were all pretty, you know, we were, we all felt pretty alone (laughs) and we were all able to like connect with each other and be there for each other and take care of each other um, through, you know, which, you know, knock on wood is probably going to be the most stressful and and crazy time of our life. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, even though we were missing maybe the, you know, the typical ways we used to connect pre COVID, this was, I think a lot more impactful um, in a lot of different ways. Right. I think we were able to like, there was like very early on, there was a lot of times where we, yeah, we sat there in front of each other and, you know, the laughs became a lot more important. The cries became a lot um, more, I guess, in depth with each other. Right. And I think um, we were able to like really open up and be vulnerable with each other in a time we all needed it. Um, And this was with both front of house and back of house that, you know, the servers and the kitchen is, you know, this was stressful on all of us. And I think we were all just able to be there for each other. And I think ultimately that's kind of what led our, you know, that, that, that built some of the, you know, most important foundational blocks um, for the restaurant. You feel like, even though it was crazy to open up in the middle of a pandemic, that it probably deepened the culture on the team. Would you say that? I would, I would, I would confidently say that for sure. Right. Um, And it's not to say anything about anyone else's cultures. Right. But I just, I don't think I've ever worked in a kitchen or, you know, in a restaurant where the front of house and the back of house are as deeply connected. Right. Um, As, as they are, there's, there's typically, you find a lot of segregation, unfortunately, between front and back of house. Right. It's just different personality types. And, um, 
it's unfortunate that that's the reality. Um, but um, it is <laughs> in a lot of cases, which, like I said, is, you know, is unfortunate in itself. But this, like I said, we were because everything was takeout and it was a lot more food centric. Um, yeah, it was just it was crazy to, you know, and it still is crazy to look at look at my team and be like, you know, my front house interacts with the back of house like just as often as the front of house connects with the front of house. Right. And it's crazy. Right. Um, you just don't see that super frequently. And I'm super proud of that. And I'm super proud of my team for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You don't. And it's always the challenge, right? Like almost any GM, any senior level leader in hospitality will tell you that breaking that wall, they almost want to rip the wall down in the kitchen, right? Like breaking that wall is the biggest challenge, right? And getting the two the two teams to connect as one, because really at the end of the day, it doesn't happen without both teams. Right. But for some reason, this, I don't know, it's like the physical wall creates a psychological wall too. And yeah, it's very, it's very, very interesting for sure. Been a topic of conversation for many years <laughs> around the table. <laughs> but I think like at the end of the day, I think, um, what you're talking about is a lot of vulnerability, a lot of connection and a lot of like presence, like meaningful connection, understanding that you don't get these minutes every day. Right. And so, uh, when you get that 20 minutes with somebody, when they come to pick up their food, and that might be the only time you see them that week, all of a sudden those minutes become so much more valuable. Right. And people are so much more apt to really be present and connect in those moments. Correct. And I also feel like, you know, we, I mean, I think what, what highlighted this for all of us in this pandemic was like, yeah, is, is the value of that, of those minutes and the value of time spent with people. And, you know, when I look back, you know, there was, you know, cumulatively, I spent about two and a half months in isolation by myself in my condo. Right. And it's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> that drives you up the wall. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Out of that situation, um, and you're back in the world, you just you just look at your connections and your interactions and your time spent with other people, you know, f- far differently than you did, you know, without having to go through that, right? It's pretty, it's pretty intense. Totally. Yeah. And so, you know, once things were more open <laughs> and flowing a little more freely, one of the things you did was you really and I think you started this when you opened Beaumont too, but you really, uh, not only were you engaging this community inside your four walls, you were really engaging the community outside of your four walls. And I know you've had some really incredible experiences with that. So my first question is, why is that important to you? What motivates you to create community outside of the four walls of the Beaumont Original Joes? I would say, yeah, I mean, I've always been big on on networking in my relationships, right? So, I mean, I would say maybe a little selfishly, um, it's it's to it's to build my network of people, right? It's it, you know, I think um, you know, you have you have the sign behind you right now that says it perfectly, though, is people make the world beautiful, right? <laughs> um, and I think, yeah, I think the reality of 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 how we live and how we show up every day is centered around. Um, who we surround ourselves with. Right. Um, and I think, uh, we also, you know, I think the position that I'm in, um, again, maybe a little bit selfishly just allows me 
you know, different opportunities to go and do things with, 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 with community members that I otherwise wouldn't be able to do if I was on my own, right? Um, I don't own a food truck. <laughs> I'm not able to just go with my food truck and take care of people who take care of people, right? I don't have that luxury. And I think that's just been something that's super special to me. Um, and it's been super important, um, which has obviously led to, you know, me staying with this organization specifically as we have those tools and those resources to go out and do things like that. And I'd be a fool not to utilize that while I have that opportunity, right? Um, there, There's obviously such thing as good karma too, right? Right. Um, we opened up in, in the middle of a pandemic where, you know, business, I mean, you know, whether this was pandemic or not, business isn't guaranteed. Right. Um, it's not a right that we just have. It's it's earned. Right. Um, and I think Beaumont specifically um, is so community oriented and community focused where I just felt that um, if we went out and took care of the community, they would obviously do so in return um and that's obviously how it kind of transpired right and i think um you know something that original joe's has been specifically strong at more so than others is the service and that was taken away from us right Mm -hmm. we had to pivot and we had to win guests and win the community community over um you know based on food and it's not that our food isn't good i think our food is great it's just that was never been our strongest suit it's been it's been about the connections we made and when we had to take that out of our rooms and you know fully try and uh win over a community on takeout food that doesn't hold well a lot of the times it was it was hard so it was kind of going back to like how how can we you know pivot um, and get back to doing what we do best with, which is, you know, taking care of people and connecting with people and, and, and doing that, you know, through community initiatives was just the way that we, we felt strongly that we needed to go about that. So. Yeah, I love that. And so you had, you know, I, I can probably count a whole bunch of experiences that you have had with the food truck, but what have been some of the most memorable ones for you in your time at Beaumont? Uh, hmm. I would say, I mean, the food trucks are always, I would say the most fun, right? Um, We got to go pick up the food truck. I get to drive it. I don't think, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I love driving that thing. Like I'll be down and and the windows roll down. And uh, for those of you guys who don't know, it has a really fun horn. It's not just a standard horn. So um, there was a lot of construction and I was like rolling the window down, waving at people, honking the horn for kids. Like I love driving that thing. And that's like, that's a whole different thing in itself, but the food trucks are always fun. Um, we set out to uh, try to feed all of the teachers in Beaumont. Um, now Beaumont's quite small, but there is, I think like 12 or 13 or I don't even know exactly there's, but there's more than 12 schools in Beaumont, which is just insane. Um, so we've been doing two a year. Um, so feeding the teachers are, are, you know, has been super fun. I think they, they show a lot of gratitude in both ways. Um, and I also think they're just very undervalued community members to begin with. So, you know, some of those have been good. Um, share the love. We've had some really special moments out of share the love. And I know that's been talked about here um, a few times, but uh, yeah, I think what's kind of come out of that has been super cool. Um, I think one of my all time favorites is one of the most recent um, things that we did, which was, uh, I, I mean, it came out of share the love. It was uh, to take care of. We, so we, we invited 12 seniors, um, 
who were living in like low income residency. Um, and we were able to just treat them to a night out. Um, I think, yeah, they had rode in and um, they don't often get to treat themselves to a night night out or a date night is what they called it. So we, uh, we brought them in, we, we, we told them to get dressed as fancy as they wanted to. Um, we, we placed out table mats and um, we put together gift bags and uh, we made chocolate dip strawberries and we made, you know, Jensen made some, you know, you know, a super nice pear dessert. And yeah, we just took care of them and we, we, we ordered some punch and um, et cetera, et cetera. We just took care of them and it was super special. And um, what came out of that was, you know, a few letters of gratitude from them, which was super special. And a few of them, you know, had, had never tried the punch that, you know, all you, all, you know, we just bought it at superstore and they never tried it and they're like you've changed my life the punch is the best thing ever right um and then we ended up being in the newspaper about it too which was which was super cool so it was obviously impactful so that would probably be one of my favorites for sure I remember seeing the picture that you guys kind of took at the table. Didn't you put like flowers down and stuff for them too? Yeah, we put like, we, we decked that table out for sure. We had gift bags, we had table mats and we wrote them a card and um, yeah, it was, it was super special for sure. Like how cool is that, that that's what we get to do? Hey, like, come on. (laughs) It's it's so impactful, right? And especially, you know, for, demographic you know this was partially why that you know it came out of that is a demographic that we're just you know I was only ice I only ever had to isolate and we only ever had to isolate when we were sick but they basically had they had to isolate the entire two years because they're a vulnerable population right so um yeah they were feeling it even more than than we were most of the time so it was just yeah it was super um again impactful that we got to do that for them so yeah, I think that's amazing. And I can't remember, I probably should have listened to our other podcast before we did this. Did we talk about Girls Run the World last time? Uh, I, no, I don't think so. Because that was before that was before we opened Beaumont. So Okay, so this was a cool story, too. And I think we should share this story because a couple of reasons. Um, because Angela is so connected to you now and the team there. She loves you guys so much. And she just opened up the summer camp again. So I think it'd be cool to like talk about it and we can you know, tag it in the podcast or whatever for her. But uh, I know she puts her like heart and soul into it. So do you want to talk, do you want to tell the story about Girls Run the World and how that all came to be? I can kind of try for sure. I mean, it came to be through you, obviously. Um, And uh, yeah, so basically Girls Run the World is this program that Angela puts on. She's just such a wonderful human being that she dedicates her time to do this. Yeah, so it's like a summer camp, I guess, that they put on um, that's free for, um, I think, you know, girls from ages of nine to, oh man, quote me on this. 15 or something. Yeah, that kind of like preteen years. Yeah, and they're just able to go out and experience different things that, you know, they, you know, they're unfortunately probably not able to do to their financial states, right? Um, so Angela spends an entire week just, yeah, immersing them all in in different, you know, sp- you know, sporting activities or courses or, 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 or different events, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and then what came out of that for us is we obviously wanted to, to, to be a part in that. So we, uh, we brought the food truck again out um, and they all got to like make, you know, we, we, we made, we made them food and we served them out of the food truck um, and they got to like do a tour through the food truck and build their own Sundays um, and then give them a, you know, a little gift at the end. And yeah, we, they just, we got to treat, you know, these, these 12, um, 12 girls just, yeah to a to a super special lunch so what always strikes me about that event and what I'll always remember Jordy was that 
uh, you came or you texted me after and you sent me a picture of the girls making their Sundays. And you said, that was probably the best heart card event I've ever done. And I love that you did it differently. So you, you didn't like just cook the food and pass it through the window. And you, you shared that also with the seniors with share the love, but you're finding ways to uh, put some creative spins on all of these things that you do that just, that are so meaningful. Like those girls are always going to remember getting to make a Sunday on a food truck. Like how freaking cool is that? Right. <laughs> I'm go, sure they were so, so excited. And to go back to the horn, I think the funnest part <laughs> about that all it was at the, at the very end, they all got to just go through and honk the horn. We honked that horn like three dozen times. I was like, there <laughs> Our, our neighboring businesses are probably super annoying, but it was just the funnest thing ever because it was just something so simple. Like I said, I'm a big child, I guess, too, but we just literally sat there and honked the horn and they lined up and they was like, I want to honk the horn. So everyone got in line and they honked the horn, right? Um, so yeah. It cool. Oh, it's so cool. And for those of you listening, if you haven't heard the horn, it's a cucaracha. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it is absolutely incredible. So if you're in like the Edmonton area and you ever seen the original Joe's food truck, do the horn signal and we'll give you the cucaracha for sure. <laughs> it's the best. Your kids will love it. Anyway, it's like, and it's, it's like all these little things, I guess, you know, and that was kind of what I was thinking as we were talking about, you know, Beaumont and open, closed, open, closed, building this team, figuring it out. Um, all of this happened in little moments. And I think oftentimes we look at somebody who is successful and I would call you very successful in your career right now, Jordy. And we often think, oh my God, like he's so successful. Like how did that happen? Like he just kind of like fell into the success. And it's like, you have been putting these intentional efforts in every day. And, um, I guess I just wanted to point out that it doesn't go unnoticed and I can't even begin to imagine the ripple effect of people that their lives have been touched because of yours and your team's small acts of kindness and care. And I just think that that's incredible. It's so cool. And thank you for saying that. I mean, it, and it's funny because it's like, I think in the moment too, I mean, what's you know, the last two years have, I've had the most highest of highs and lowest of lows. Right. And there was so many times where I would finish work and just be like, is this what I should be doing with my life? Is like, am I doing this, you know, like, like, am I doing this for the right reasons? Right. Like, am I even able to do this? Am I capable of doing this? Right. And I think there was lots and lots of times that, you know, I've questioned it and I'm glad I've for the most part made it out of all that. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, it just, when you're, when, when you're in the thick of it, it just was, yeah, it just left a lot of question and I'm and it's super um, special to be able to look back on the last two years and, you know, and I guess give ourselves a pat on the back. Um, for making it through because there was definitely some sticky instances that just it wasn't looking like we were going to right and I think that was the reality of where the world was at um, and it's maybe necessarily not of any fault of our own but uh, yeah it's just it was it was hard for sure um, so yeah you saying that is just super super uh, yeah, it gives me a lot of gratitude so thank you <laughs> well I have a lot of gratitude for all the experiences with you um, you brought up an inter interesting point there that I wasn't even going to go to, but I'm going to bring it back and bring you back to it for a sec. Uh, you talked about the moments when you questioned it and that, you know, like everything isn't perfect. And so what I think a lot of people are recognizing in a lot of industries right now, but especially in hospitality is this 
re-evaluation of values and uh, what brings them meaning in life and, you know, uh, a change of perspective coming out of the pandemic. Whether somebody chooses to stay or go in whatever role they're in, what are some questions that you would suggest that they ask to explore themselves, right? So that they can start to add, because I think a lot of people um, don't sit down and aren't like, and I don't want to say this the wrong way, but don't have the awareness, right? Don't sit down and have the awareness to ask themselves the questions. And I know this is something you and I work on a lot. We talk about, um, what do you think the important questions are to be asking yourself in your life when you're in the hard times and in the struggle? I think, uh, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is like, have you surrounded yourself around the right people? Right. Um, because oftentimes, you know, if you surround yourself around the right people, they can help mitigate those highs and those lows a little bit for you. Right. And I think that was, I mean, this goes back to how we built our culture is that like I was surrounded around the right people is the days that, you know, I was feeling low, they were able to bring me up and vice versa. Right. Um, so I think that's been super important. Um, and then I also, and I do a lot of reflecting on this too. Right. I mean, this industry is known for highs and lows. Um, but I think, you know, at a certain point, if, 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 if the highs don't outweigh the lows, um, then I think it gives you an opportunity to question whether or not this is like, like if you're listening to what your, you know, your heart is telling you or your mind is telling you. Right. Um, and I think that's able to really, um, identify whether or not this is the right industry or right job for you. Um, uh, so yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but. I think it's, I don't think there's any right or wrong answers. I just think it's nice to put some perspective on it for people, you know, cause we're sitting here talking about, well, we're talking about your challenge, but we're started talking about the success, right. And, and you just kind of, that was vulnerable for you to openly admit that it wasn't like that every day. And I think that that's an important thing to stop on for a minute because we tend to like glaze over that, right. Yeah. <laughs> and keep moving on. But I think we all hit those places. We all go through those things in our lives and that's, that's reality. Right. And it's, it's, what are we going to do in those moments when they show up for us and how are we going to decide what's best for us? I think that's what needs to happen. And it's not that we can avoid the shit. <laughs> we can't avoid the mud puddle. Right. But um, we can try, but it'll probably eventually catch up with us. <laughs> so life is going to throw us curveballs. but it's like, how do we respond? What do we do? How do we process? Right. And I think that that's, yeah, such an important piece that you brought up there. Yeah. And in order to respond and what do we do, et cetera, et cetera, you have to have the right people around you. Right. Um, and I think that maybe for some people it's highlighted that they don't have the right people around them. Um, and yeah, it, that's a hard reality check, but mm -hmm. I also was necessary for sure is like I mean and, and this happened in our industry a lot with you know even basics you know you know even just like servers and bartenders as they questioned whether or not this was for them anymore and I think that's what they were faced with was like it just I don't think this is for me anymore right and that's what the pandemic was able to I guess highlight for lots of people which you know there's something sad about that but then there's also something um, super important with that too right um, totally. it, allowed, it allowed everyone to 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 maybe move in a direction that they otherwise wouldn't have um, unless they had that push, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I think we're going to see a lot of people living their true nature <laughs> coming out of this, like really coming to terms with what their hearts really want. Now, are they going to stumble through that process and they're going to be a little messy? Sure, <laughs> right? But I think that's okay. I think that's part of life. And I, I think uh, it's part of what makes life beautiful when we can sit back and reflect on it, right? 
And I think that's the important piece there too, is like that you actually take the time and reflect on it. Right. And I think that's, that's for me specifically is what is what's, you know, been able, you know, I've been able to, to come through a lot of this stuff is because I've actually taken the time to reflect on as much as I frequently can. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So I think this is probably a good spot to talk about people make the world beautiful. <laughs> which is the best I honestly the best part of this podcast now I just say I secretly just I just secretly do this so I can get people make the world beautiful stories because they fill my heart too when I hear them now obviously you've already shared one and I I appreciate that but I was wondering if there was if there was a, a newer or a or a different people make the world beautiful story you'd like to share uh, with the listeners today I don't think I have, I mean, I mean, I, I did open up to a few different ones, but I think I want to maybe use this more of a, sh- as a shout out to my team. Right. I mean, I think right now I have the pleasure of being on this podcast with you, but um, yeah, when I, when I, when I look back on it, um, I, I just, there's no way I could have gone through any of this um, without, you know, people like you, people like Nicole, people like Jilly, people like Callie and, and, you know, and as, and, and my management team and even my entire team in Beaumont. Um, yeah, I just, you know, or in Tim and, and Krista, like I'm, I probably shouldn't have started naming off names. Cause if I forget one, I'm not going to hear the end of it. Um, well, just put the disclaimer in, do not take offense if Jordan correct. didn't name, you know, <laughs> he loves you anyway. <laughs> and my family, et cetera. Right. No, but I just, yeah, yeah I think, um, I'm a little bit more of the face of it right now. Um, yeah. But what I want to say is that, you know, the the strength and the resilience and the patience uh, that my team had shouldn't go unnoticed through all this, right? Um, because we very much collectively brought Beaumont. Um, we started Beaumont and brought, you know, you know, we, we survived <laughs> the last two years, you know, very much together. So I think um, that's super important to, to, to just acknowledge for sure. Um, so yeah, like I said, I don't know if that is the complete people make the world beautiful story, but I just think, um, yeah, I think I needed to take that opportunity to highlight that I have a lot of very beautiful people in my life and I'm very grateful for it. So. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. And yes, it will, it will absolutely stand for people make the world community beautiful story, right? It's your community. And I think you've been highlighting that already throughout the podcast. I want to ask you a little bit about what the future looks like for Jordy. So what are your goals? Where are you taking yourself? You have had incredible growth and opportunity and challenges in the last, you know, whatever, let's call it year and a half, even longer, but let's call it a year and a half. Um, Where do you see yourself going? What are, what are your next steps? I think that's a really hard question to answer, right? I think, you know, I I think a part of my journey in the last few years, um, you know, I haven't necessarily been focused on what am I going to do to move forward? It's been more so like, you know, my mindset has been a lot more in the now and how am I going to, you know, make the present really count. Um, And then what transpires out of that um, is opportunity. And I'm not one to uh, stray away from opportunity, (laughs) I would say. Um, But I think for goals, yeah, I think, I mean, I want, I, you know, I want to hit 10 years with this company for sure. Right. I think that's, that's the most important. And it's not that I'm not 
going to put another that I would never be willing to put in another 10, 15, 20 years with this company. But I think um, where, where I'm at is I want to try and achieve whatever I can achieve with this company, um, you know, until I hit my 10 years. Um, and then I think what I do know I want to do is I want to see the war- world a little bit more, right? Um, I think I've been really lucky um, that my career is, de- you know, has developed as fast as, as it has. Um, but there is an aspect to, um, yeah, the limitations that's, that's, it's also put on, on my life, right? I, I'd like to eventually be able to take off for, you know, maybe a year and go, go travel and, and, and gain perspective and, 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 and make memories, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, so I think, you know, whether that happens in five, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, that's definitely um, up there for a goal for me. But I think I also want to like, I want to change the industry if I can, right? Like I, I want to be a part of innovation. I want to be a part of, um, yeah, the, the new era of restaurants. And I think, do I have an exact answer as to what that looks like right now? No. Um, but I think, yeah, I just want to be a part of it as it kind of comes. Cool. I love that. I I love that so much. That was definitely a big part of the driving motivation for Chris and I in the start too. Like we wanted to change the way culture was seen in the industry. And um, I don't know if we fully achieved that, but we definitely took some big steps towards it. Right. And I think when we have those kind of things in our mind, they, they propel us and they pull us forward. Right. And they, they keep us engaged too. And we're constantly stretching to the edges of our thinking to see what else is is possible. And like, that's incredible, right? That's an incredible place to be in it, life. It gives us like deeper meaning every day. Right. And, and it gives us intention every day when we walk up, wake up every day. Right. Um, and I think, yeah. you know, maybe not every single day I wake up and go, how am I going to change this industry? <laughs> right. But I think it's a subconscious thought that is there um, whenever yeah. I, whenever I make decisions and it's like a, it's a guidepost for, for everything that I do. I want to innovate. <laughs> right. Yeah, I love that. And I don't know if you've actually ever said those words to me. So I love that you're saying that. Um, one last question for you, and then we'll start to wrap it up. But what do you think has been your greatest lesson in the last couple of years? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a really loaded question. I apologize. but No, I, I think... <clears throat> one of the biggest, one of the biggest or most important things is, is, is my value add. I think that's been something that has, has enabled me, enabled me to, to, to move forward as fast as I have is, um, and, and, you know, and this has really only come up in the last year or two, I, you know, through you or, and Nicole specifically, she's really good at coaching me through this. Right. But, um, yeah, is just knowing my value add, right. And knowing my strengths and weaknesses, hiring based on that, um, and yeah, uh, yeah, giving myself, um, I guess the opportunity, um, to do what I do best. Right. Um, cause I think sometimes we all get caught up in the day to day and, and, and the small day to day functions that really just, you know, shouldn't really be getting my attention at some capacity. Um, so focusing where, where my, where I, you know, you know, where my value add has, has really allowed me to like step back and like achieve things that I otherwise probably wouldn't have like what should I be spending my time on that you know transpires into making the biggest difference right um is you know is my value add um you know 
I think the biggest one that we talk about in Beaumont all the time is like, I'm tall. Um, so I'm constantly reaching things on the top shelves for everyone, right? Um, but is that necessarily my value add at all times? No. Is it easy for the team to go get a ladder sometimes? Yes, right? Um, so I think it's, and anyway, that's just a really minuscule example. But I think, yeah, it's, you know, and I think what's what's been the most important thing to try to understand is that it's like, it's not just a skill, it's a state of mind, right? You have to, you know, every single day, there has to be that intention of what my value add is, like, what am I, based on my strengths and weaknesses, you know, and how am I able to go out and make the biggest difference, right? And maybe it's not by serving tables and bartending right now as the general manager, right? It's about community initiatives. It's about um, taking care of uh, of the staff who, you know, maybe they're, they're, you know, maybe their mom or dad just got sick and passed away, right? Like our business is based on taking, you know, is based on service, is based on serving and bartending and, and, and running food and running drinks. Um, and that's great. Uh, but that's just not my value add. That's not what's going to move us forward as a team. And I think that's just been the biggest uh, and most special learning experience that I've gone through is really trying to like intentionally wake up every day and go, what's my value add for the day? So, yeah, it can be really easy to stay with what we're comfortable with as we grow too. And so I think that that's beautiful that you're highlighting that movement um, because your value add at one time was bartending, right? And and now your value add is is so much different as we grow and evolve as as leaders. And so I think that that's an incredible example. And I love that lesson. I think that's great. That's amazing. So as we wrap up the podcast, um, what are the final thoughts you'd like to leave with the listeners? What would you like to leave people pondering <laughs> this week as they listen to this? I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think, um, you know, we had a good conversation, I think last week or two weeks ago or whatever, I think, um, having confidence in yourself, I think is, is super important. I think that's been the integral change, um, in where I started a couple of years ago to where I am now is, is the level of confidence I have in my own capabilities in my team. Um, and I think, I mean, we always talk, I always talk to you about comfort and growth and how that doesn't coexist, right. That's been huge. Um, and then something that actually, it's so funny that this just came up, um, but um, I was watching Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> uh, and uh, just a quote that came out of there that I, I've been thinking a lot about lately is, you know, if you only do what you can, you'll never be more than you are. And I think that's like crazy that it comes out of a Pixar movie. Um, Pixar has a funny way of doing that, I guess, though. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, I think challenging yourself uh, <clears throat> to move out of that comfort zone. Um, you know, if you haven't done so already, you know, I, I urge the listeners, I urge anybody I can to just really push yourselves out of your comfort zone. Um, and I think that quote specifically highlights why. So yeah, that's what I would have to say, I guess. I love it. That's beautiful. Words of wisdom. From Master Shifu. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't, don't yell at me, but I've never watched Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> you better go and watch them now. So, yeah, I think I'll have to go watch that movie this weekend. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for being my guest. This was amazing. And um, yeah, I just like, I really wanted to bring you back on because I think this evolution uh, that you're showing the world, you're showing people that it can be done. And I think. 
I think it's just a beautiful example to highlight. And I'm just always so proud of you. And so uh, there's not too many double interviews that I do, but I really thought Jordy should come back on and just kind of get, share his continued story because it's incredible. It's remarkable. And uh, he's changing the world every day. And it's beautiful. Thank you for saying that. I is as anxiety ridden as I was coming on to this for a second time. Um, I'm really glad I did. And I'm glad that you're doing things like this for us too. So yeah, I appreciate you very, very much. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Another week of discovering hospitality and one more amazing guest on to share their beautiful stories. Thank you so much to all of you, our listeners, for your continued support. The success of this podcast is totally because of all of you, and to that I owe my deepest gratitude. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, share it with a friend. And as always, don't forget to rate, leave a review, and subscribe to this podcast. I love hearing your feedback. And remember, the world is always made more beautiful by people like you. Don't ever forget it. Until next week, take care, everyone, and we'll see you then. Thank you.